The Mark of Athena, Chapter 9, Leo. Leo spent the night wrestling with the 40-foot-tall Athena. Ever since they brought the statue aboard, Leo had been obsessed with figuring out how it worked. Hi, I'm Ava. I'm Neve. And I'm Brayden. And this is Return to Camp Half-Blood, the English class that you always wanted. Where we analyze the Percy Jackson and Heroes of Olympus books through a new theme every week. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah? Um, Slay, um, uh, we can't start another episode with Slay. No, yes, we can. can. Um, we really can't. We have to give it up. I think it's I've fine. been trying to give it up recently. It's like a nicotine addiction. How's that working for you? <laughs> like, so bad, but I just said it too much at work over the summer that I'm like, this can't be so It is always the worst yeah. when you say it at work and you're like... Uh, and all your coworkers say it? Oh. Oh, no. Mean? I... This is... Yeah. No, I mean like to customers. <laughs> oh, yeah, even just to my other coworkers, they did not use that sort of. My coworkers made me worse in terms of my my my. Uh, Your slayisms. I actually I got my I I got my other coworkers hooked on slay. My, like I had a coworker specifically say like, I can't stop saying slay now. One of my bosses got me hooked. Got me back in my bruh era. I'm saying bruh because of one of my bosses. I'm so sorry for your loss. I know it's mm. embarrassing. And I'm sorry for your boss. Hey, yo. Oh. <laughs> Ava and Eve, how are we this week? Yeah. That AO is literally the only response appropriate to that horrible joke. I'm, also I'm all right. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm all right. I have training this week, so a lot of stuff is just piling up. I took a larger, like a much larger position um, in my RA role. Which got me this nice apartment that we're currently recording in, but also got me about 17 long conversations with Michaela today, who's our, like, like one of the people who works for um, the Housing and Residence Life Office, and a lot more responsibility, mm. which can be exhausting. But I literally asked for it, and I most of the time have a very good time. My staff is so much fun, so that's really cool. They don't know that I do this, um, but they all, like, they like Percy Jackson, mm. and they mentioned it, like, over, like, the, um, the other people who do my role also like Percy Jackson, and they mentioned it over this, and I just didn't say anything. So I'm just, like, waiting for the day that somebody, like, is like, what's this link in her Instagram bio? And then it's like, oh my god! So, maybe they'll hear this. I'm never with- HD staff and Brown Hall staff, y'all are doing great. I'm never sure when to, like, out myself. I know! I, know. I don't know when it seems like, like, an unnecessary flex. Like, <laughs> bring up or when it's just, like, well, annoying. Like, oh, I, I do a podcast. Uh-huh. I also do want to take a moment to compliment your apartment. Yeah, Neve has Neve is in a crazy apartment this year, and it's really like we're all obsessed with it. Thanks. I love it. I also I didn't say this when I came in today. Um, The last time I was here, I didn't notice your new your lights the the colored lights. I like that. Are they the like um, the color changing Philips lights? Very good. Big sleigh. They're very nice. And this lamp right behind us that none of our listeners will be able to know what it is was literally twelve fifty eight Target. Yeah. Oh, you were saying that. I you were think saying I think that. I, I might own this prior. So I might. Yesterday. I might go get a lamp. Twelve fifty, and it's so nice. Like this is a cute. Lamp. When would you go? When would I go? We'll make these plans to go to Target after <laughs> our podcast. But, I was going to um, say, we should also get chocolate we, chips. Oh, I'll probably get chocolate chips, too. I'm planning on making banana, uh, not banana bread, uh, pumpkin, pumpkin bread. bread. 
Yeah. That was a so riveting good. conversation that was, right over. <laughs> yeah. So pumpkin bread That's will be so in your future. Exciting. Not your future listeners. I'm sorry. I, if I could mail you all pumpkin bread, I would. Yeah. Aw. <laughs> um, I'm doing well. <laughs> um, yeah, no, yeah, we're all back on campus. It's kind of crazy, but also it's really, really, really nice. Um, I don't know. There have been, like, no bumps. I didn't feel like I was, like... It didn't feel real, like, moving back in because I am here two weeks early and I'm usually here about four days early. Um, But I have another job in the area and it is bringing me the most joy in the world. Um, I'm choreographing one of my favorite plays um, ever and the team is just superb and I just got out of a seven-hour rehearsal day and I'm just jazzed. Um, We open in two days, but we actually, when this episode drops, we open... Tonight, so if you're listening on the day it drops, we open we open tonight, which is so crazy and exciting. And yeah, so I'm just kind of walking on motherfucking sunshine from that. <laughs> from that. Um, and yeah, I don't know. I had mac and cheese today. Work. You got a little Australian with that. Did I? Yeah. Wow. It was only like the slightest. But it, bit. it was like so slight. But I it was I did notice it. That it was funny. A, it was enough. <laughs> it was the today. I didn't notice that. That's yeah, that's weird. Um, yeah, that's how I'm doing, I guess. I'm I'm overall kind of thriving a lot. Yes, yeah, like okay, Brayden. <laughs> um I'm alright. I'm also pretty tired. Mm-hmm. Um I am the only person working in my position in my office. Oh. Uh I, like I I've said this before, I work for the admissions, um, and I'm the only um student worker there this week. So, um, it's just a lot. It's a lot because I work the desk and I do tours. And by the third tour of the day, I want to, like, um, I was going to say something more graphic, but I'll say hit myself upside the head. Um, I don't know if <laughs> I felt like I needed to, to pull myself back. Um, but it's, like, awful. It's also, I've spent the entire summer saying the same exact words a billion times. So it's starting to get really grating on my nerves. And like the third time I do it in a day, by then I'm like real, real tired of it. Um, But it's okay. It'll be fine. Um, Other than that, I'm doing fine. Moved into our apartment. Yeah. Which is good. It is good. Moved into Neve's apartment right now. (laughs) Um, Yeah. Um... I cut up in a watermelon today. I heard about that. Um, that's good. Oh, so Big day. we have watermelon if you would like watermelon. Yay. Um, uh, oh, I was. I also want to shout out um, my uh, new favorite TikToker. I don't remember the na- her name, but she does um, swag or not. Like, she will, like reacts to videos and she's like, says if it's swag or not. Oh, that's funny. I like that. Cute. You, yeah, I can't believe you guys haven't seen her. I I'm was not. expecting a bigger reaction. That feels like something. But like, she'll like, we'll watch like a satisfying video and she'll be like, swag. Not swag. I feel like I would have seen, like that feels It does sound, it feels very you, yeah. Maybe I just haven't been on TikTok enough. Fair enough. Um, but I actually spent about an hour watching her videos before I came over here today. Good. Um, it was a really productive use of my time. Yeah. 
Um, <laughs> welcome back to Return to Get Half Blood. Hey. Uh, this week, hey, hey uh, we will be discussing House of Hades chapters nine through twelve through the theme of ownership. I just realized. I think in the introduction, I said Mark of Athena. Uh, Oopsie doopsie. Well, you know. To quote Young Gravy, oops. Do you actually hear the crickets outside respond to that? That was very funny. I don't think the recording picked it up, but there were crickets. There were crickets after I said it. I just really wanted to say it. I I could tell. You got very excited right before it came out of your mouth. I did. Yeah, that's one of my toxic traits is I do think that uh, song is one of my gun to my head songs as of like two months ago. Not that you guys, not that that's important to any of you, but I think the array of songs that if you put a gun to my head and said sing all of this and you'll live, that specific array of songs, no one would like me anymore if I, if, if they saw the full list. So... That was so specific. No, but you know, you know. Gun- no, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, right, right, right. But it was just a real specific poll, and I did feel like I needed to point that out. Nah, it's true. Um, it's my turn to do the summary. Yup. Slay. You want a time? Sure, I got my phone out. Slay. Neve loves to time. Me. I was gonna say Neve. It's like <laughs> does love it's to like time. revenge for her. Yeah. Oh my god! So Leo the boat. Um. They're on it. Uh, oh, no. That really caught me off guard. Um, now you know how um, it feels. You're ten seconds in. Um, he has a dream. Big black void. Um, uh, but a person. A uh, woman. Kind of looks like Athena. But we're, I don't think she is. Um, then the dwarves. They come in on the video screens. And then they steal everything. They go to Bologna. Um, Bologna. Um, and they get trapped in the fountain. And um, they cl- he climbs a lot of stairs, and he, he gets the things back, and he gets three special items that we don't know what they'll do. <laughs> you, yeah. Th- that was it. Oh, okay. Jason is there. Okay, that's it. That's all. That- Jason is there. The- Jason really just is there. The- he was like, I gotta have at least two, yeah. two characters in every, every chapter. <laughs> Jason, <laughs> Leo couldn't be alone, so I guess Jason's there. <laughs> yeah. Um, I thought that was pretty good. Yeah, that was fine. Is there anything I mean, left out? Probably. I, I don't know. I mean, the thing with these chapters is like, it was the most confusing. Like, it, I felt, okay, when I was reading these chapters, I like low-key felt like I was in a maze, but it was like almost a maze. Like, not quite. Like, if you're like in a fun house. Yeah, these chapters were like a fun house. You walk in, you're like, this will be fine. This is just a normal house. Um, normal linear chapters. Um, and then you step in front of a mirror and you're like, oh, I look like this now. And it's instead of that, it's, oh, this thing's happening now. No, it's not. We're going to get right back to the actual plot that at this point you forgot about because you thought something else was going to happen and it didn't. It was just like, in my personal opinion. Okay. So I also went to bed at 6.30 AM last night, but in my personal opinion, these chapters were a little confusing to comprehend. I think that's a good transition into the songs because my pick is 
less this week about, and this is really rude, the, the playlist was doing so well so far, and I really apologize for throwing it off the rails this quickly. Um, oh, Lord. This is more about how I feel about these chapters, the feeling that it gives me, my attitude towards them, um, mm. less than about anything that actually happens in them. But it feels kind of like the dwarves. That, that is my inspiration. Um, it is the Gummy Bear song. Oh my fucking god. And that is the energy that these chapters have. They do? It's just... <sighs> Jesus Christ. Is it now stuck in your head? Is that the problem? <laughs> do you know that was playing in a Starbucks? Oh. The morning that I moved in. So it was like early because I moved in. I was here at like 9am. So I was in that Starbucks at like 7.45, and that was playing. I was like, why on earth are you playing this at 7.45 in the morning? This is like your key time to play music. And I think you saying that, that is exactly why I chose this song. (laughs) Because that's how these chapters feel in contrast to like Hazel. She has this big choice. She has the Hecate, and they're doing all this stuff. Annabeth and Percy are literally in hell, and Leola's like, I'm a gummy bear. <laughs> like, it's, it's the same, like, why is this here? This is just it's such a different tone. That, but it's, it's also weirdly depressed. It's kind of like an emo version of the song, but it's nonsense. Screamo gummy bear. It is like... I it, never thought those words would come out of my mouth. It's just like OG books kind of nonsense. Yeah. That's true. But with the emo-ness of the rest of this book, and it just does not match at all. Yeah. So I think that's why I chose um, I Am a Gummy Bear hyphen, the Gummy Bear song. I'm amazed. Especially because, like, I don't know, it, it does really give, like, you don't know what the hell is coming next. And the thing with these chapters is, like, that idea is a little more nuanced in the sense of, like, it's a dream. No, it's not. You're going to run into Gaia. No, you're not. You're going to run into... Um, Neptune for some reason. No, you're not. You're now. You're suddenly with with the dwarves again, and it's like nothing is real. Like if they felt like a fever dream, but only like on a lower key. It was really odd. Anyway, my song is burned by Ellie Golding. Um, <laughs> because Leo, um, fire, fire, fire. But also, um, because I really like it. And it's always given me very, like, weirdly supernatural vibes. Something about that song. Is I was going to say, I, this was the song to look out the window in the backseat of your parents' car. Yes, but specifically at like, space. <laughs> specifically at space and not at, like, the, the earth. Oh. Like, for me, like, for me, I associate that song with, like, space and, like, I don't know. I also think of the X-Files when I listen to it, but it's very much like the truth is out there. Like, I don't know. It, it, it gives it just, mysticism. It, it just gives fantasy. It gives like... Yeah, like fantasy, like cosmic mysticism. Like, I love that kind of shit. It gives like music video. Like, so you know, there was a period, 2014, the year that we talk about on mm-hmm. every episode. Yeah. <laughs> At this point. Yeah. Um, yeah. It gives that 2014, any movie that came out then, like our Divergence, our Maze Runners, our mm-hmm. Hunger Games. Mm-hmm. They all had a song. I mean, a lot of movies do. That, that's a thing. But all of these songs sounded, first off, sounded like Burn by Ellie Goulding. <laughs> yeah. Second off, they all had a music video that was like cuts between the singer just walking through a building and then clips from the movie. Yeah. <laughs> mm. Yes. 
<laughs> Walking through a building, I just it's just so key. Right? Like like an abandoned like warehouse. Yeah. But then intercut by like scenes from Maze Runner. Yeah. 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 No, I know ex- yeah. Actually I think that's exactly what the safe and sound music video is. <laughs> True. Oh my god, oh my god, oh my god. True. Yeah. Good song. Perhaps the best of the genre. I like that I would song. agree with that. Yeah. I'm a big that song fan. I did also like Hanging Tree was also fun. Mm, I love it. Like the actual version of Hanging Tree. Now that we're going down this path. Yeah. Fun? Is that the word? No, fun is not the word. <laughs> but, um, a vibe. A banger, if you A will. vibe. Yeah, that's fair. Um, I picked Self-Sabotage by Water Parks because Leah would listen to Water Parks. That's true. Yes. These chapters were so silly that, like, I was like, why bother with... But... Leo would listen to water parks. That's my biggest justification. He also does self sabotage. Well, yeah. yeah. That kind of is. A lot of thing. characters in this book do. Yeah, but just he is one of he, them. He does have. <laughs> that is like a consistent thing about himself, though. He, yeah, he's, true. It's not just a this. I feel like it's a this book problem for certain people. He's becoming more mm. and more of a pick me. I hate to say it's it. It's true, but I still. I'm a bit of a Leo apologist. I am. See, I also was. These chapters, might as well just get into it now. These <laughs> chapters, particularly the first couple pages, mm-hmm. I was like, mm, this is why people don't like Leo. Yeah. yeah. No, I get he that. He was just so like, everyone else has their thing, and I don't have my thing. I'm not special. And then he says a couple like fat phobic and slightly racist things about Frank. Oh my god. Literally end the tension between that. him and Frank. It's so pointless. And it's boring at this point. It's like it's yeah. it was always offensive and now it's getting like boring and offensive. Yes. Yeah. I also hated the hazel line. Which one? Because there was actually so I wasn't the most paying attention. <laughs> there there wasn't a ton of um actual Actually, I'm going to table this and come back to it with our theme. Okay. We might as well just take a break now and I'll talk about it. Are we going to do favorite moments or no? Oh, yeah, favorite moments. Um, I just like hearing Leo think. I think it's interesting. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I... It's sad because Leo is one of my favorite characters when he's not being, like, turned into a douche for no reason. Yeah. I don't know why... This is not a favorite moment. It's just like a favorite question to ask. Like, why Rick set Leo up in The Lost Hero as one of the most, like, emotionally compelling backstories. Yeah. That he has, like, such an upsetting life prior to these stories, including him. And you're set up to feel so bad for him. And then Rick is like, and also he's a rude asshole sometimes and I guess like duality of man but it's just a very strange choice to make because we also never go back to his origin story no that's the thing it's and like I, and I don't know why sense. you can't be comic relief without being mean like he like can be funny I've literally like like read him like read him saying funny things and he's not like insulting someone yeah and for some reason Rick decided to really make him insulting people to try and like be funny quote unquote but yeah 
it's not. It's very weird. Yeah. My favorite part was when they tied up Jason. Work. <laughs> I said, we're going to take a seat. <laughs> like, these, this is not about you. And yeah. I respected that. Yeah. All right, we're going to take a quick break. Okay. And then we'll be back to talk about the theme. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, our theme this week is ownership. And this is why I'm jumping back to the Hazel thing. Yeah. I thought we were past this. I I thought we tabled it. I actually never got the impression once in the last book that he had any feelings about Hazel. No. At all. No. And then then this one line pissed me the fuck off. What line was it? When he's like... And then Hazel, it, I, I don't have it right in front of me, okay. but um, the, the gist is, like, it's like, Hazel is so pretty. Oh, no, I shouldn't think that, because Frank is there. Oh, Frank is so ugly. I hate Frank. He looks like a sumo wrestler. Oh, my God. I was like, this, this is so, there's just so many levels to, like, how obnoxious this is. Yeah. And also, like, how problematic it is. I just had so many problems with it. Yeah. I don't know. I think I, like, mentally, like, breezed over that line because I don't even remember reading it. Um, I don't know. I could have skimmed. Um, but, yeah, and that, that, like, brings up the issue of he's not even, it's not even a case of, like, him not knowing how to deal with, like, like, the mortality and stuff and then, like, distracting himself was something easier to deal with like some like fake crush on like hazel or whatever no he's actually being malicious about it so there's another like i don't know that's just gives it even less reason to be included yeah that's why i so i found the exact quote and i think malicious is the right word because it, it like crosses a line in the way it's phrased too and it's her curly cinnamon colored hair was tied back in a bandana which gave her a commando look that Leo found kind of hot and then immediately felt guilty about next to her, her sat her boyfriend <laughs> like it was like the way that it's like that it looked like kind of hot yeah. and like felt guilty it was why, like, does it feel- why is it like salacious I was gonna say why does it like it feels so misogynistic it, it just is yeah oh my god, I have feelings for this girl and I shouldn't have feelings for her. It's like, no, this is the plot we hate the most. It's that, and it's also the way he goes about saying it. It's like, oh man, like, she's, like, smoking. Like, all, like it's it feels so, like, 70s, t- toxic, nobody <laughs> likes me movie boy character. Like, yes. it just feels so yeah. like that. I and, like, say, he just never used to be like that. We talked a lot last week about, like, taking the new classification of a YA book to, like, the absolute limit of what 
Rick can say when it comes to Percy and Annabeth being tortured by, like, this hellscape they're in. Um, but I, I have a theory, and it's more... I, it's, like, not an excuse for, like, why Rick would write Leo like this and why any book should, like, say this, these kind of things, but it's more of an explanation on, like, why I think these choices were made is that it's, like, a further push of that boundary... Like, mm. we're edgy. This is a YA book now, fuckers. Like, we can say edgy humor. It's like, no, it's just offensive. Like, there's like there's no edge. It That's actually, I think that's exactly right. Is it's, honestly, this could be like an editor being like, you have to, like, if you're going more YA, you have to include more romance. Like, that's really what yeah, this feels yeah. like. Is like, Leo is the character positioned to push romance plot lines further. Because our six other main characters are in, like, committed couples. Right. Yeah. Like, Percy and Annabeth aren't breaking up. No. Jason and Piper, at this point, aren't breaking up. Like, they, like, they, like, they, they, they just got together, but they, like, yeah. are pretty committed. Same thing, like, Frank and, and Hazel. They, like, had a little bit of a rough thing. Because they're kind of, they're the newest couple. Right. So in the last book, they're able to do a little bit with that. But now they've kind of crossed it. But now Leo is just being an ass because it's that push of making it more salacious, more adult. So you need more romance. So honestly, honestly, Leo should have fallen in love with Nico D'Angelo in this essay. I will explain. Like I, that, that just came to my mind right now. That was just off, off the top of the noggin. (laughs) Um, but my thought behind that is that we've just now introduced this new character, right? who is going to be outed in this book anyways. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I did know about that. I do think it's a standards and practices, all those kinds of things, mm. probably harder to sell book where you out two main characters. Yeah. But I think a better writing of this is you pair Leo up with this new character. Yeah, I completely yeah. agree because it actually gives him a redeemable arc and it gives reason for the malice in the beginning. Because otherwise, there's literally no reason for him to be a dick other than the absolute bullshit excuse of like, I guess someone could pull this excuse out of thin air, but it would be ridiculous. It's kind of like going off of me what you were saying about like, um, revealing like more grim truths about like the situations that these characters have been in. Like, oh, like, you thought Leo was just, like, a funny guy, huh? Well, turns out he's actually a fucking dick when you get to know him. That is the thing. It's, like, that push to make it edgier or darker right. really is damaging to Leo as a character. It's damaging to Leo, and it's also, like, who is that helping in your young, like, adult fan base? Who is it helping to be, like, oh, well, people are actually a lot worse than they seem, yeah. Like, that's so... Uh, like, it doesn't make any sense to be that negative. It's also... It comes into a weird sexualization of Leo as a character, too. Mm. In a way that feels, like, both gross because he's, like, a teenage character in a young adult fiction, yeah. but also, like, falls into... It's, like, putting him back into, stere- like, stereotypes. Like, this is... 
Rick's one Latino character. Yeah. And, like, mm-hmm. it's, like, he's falling back into stereotypes about, like, he's already played up some stereotypes. Yeah. But, like, he's, like, doubling down on the stereotypical yeah. parts of Leo. Yeah. And not, like, delving further into the more complex parts of his character. Is like, he's just starting on a path to make him a womanizer. Yeah. Like, he's not quite there yet, but, like, it's... It's peeking around the edges. Yeah. No, I do see that as well. I like him better at the end of the chapters. When he's just being quirky and, like, making bombs. Yeah, me too. Because exactly. that's, like, the Leo we know. Yeah. He's also mean to Nico. Yeah. His descriptions of people... This is kind of has to do with ownership, but, like, ownership of, like, your relationships kind of be, is, like, how you... like is tied up in your perception of, like, what you think of other people and, like, what they mean to you. Yeah. Um, and, like, that's why I brought it up with Hazel. But that's what the same thing he's... Like, the way he describes all of these other people really, like, shows you, like, he does not like Frank. Like, he thinks Frank is so stupid. Mm-hmm. But he's yeah. stupid. He says... But the thing where he's, like, the Roman tourist t-shirt that said chow, was that even a word? I know. Like, I <laughs> have never been more confused. Like, yes. Like, literally, I, I yes. feel like it's, like, a very common cultural word in, like, literally, like, it's on the walls at Italian places. Like, there's just literally, like, no It was, shot. like, how I mean, stupid are we supposed to think Leo is? I know. It's, like, bad attempts at a joke. Yeah. And then, like, his description of, of Nico is just so mean. It's like, dang, that kid gave Leo the freaky deekies. I know. It's like, what is this? Like, it's also like, alone. he becomes like really like a very 90s character in that way. Yeah. That's like, what? Like, this is, this is 2015. Why are no, we writing it like this? this. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Also, I do think ownership and hypocrisy are so tightly knit, like inherently. And like, if you're going to take ownership of like, I think any aspect of your personality and you claim to be a true I guess this can get kind of meta, but I'm not going to... Just trust me on this. I'm not going to go into it, but I do have an understanding of it, so leave me alone. Um, um, Like, the idea that, like, you take ownership of ways you see things, ways you see people, ways you, like, understand yourself in relation to others, like, that makes you inherently... I think free from being a hypocrite naturally if you actually succeed at having ownership that means you're not hypocritical like yes I understand that you can take ownership of being a hypocrite that's not what I'm talking about um and he just like and my issue isn't with Leo it's with Rick in this type of situation where like you are not taking ownership of the character that you wrote yeah yes you are being a hypocrite which very clearly proves to me that you are not taking ownership of everything you have established within his realm. It is that, like, in Rick's inability to provide a consistent characterization for Leo, it gives Leo... Leo then lacks ownership over his personality and actions. Because there's no anchor to what he's doing. Precisely. And there's nothing that ties it down. And therefore, like, everything is just, like, flitting by and, like... And that's yeah. like that's why that's my attitude toward this chapter. 
Because Leo has no idea what he's doing and is inconsistent throughout the pages of these chapters. Right. And that's why I felt like I had no idea what I was doing reading this chapter. That's why I felt like I didn't understand anything that was going on. Like, it just... Mm. It feels like Rick felt like he was saddled with this character and didn't know what to do with him anymore. And, like, this book is, like, him trying to, like, course correct because he realized he didn't give Leo anything to do in the past three books. Right, and I'm like, as if you didn't write him yourself. Yeah. Do what you want. Like, I'm just, like, why is he blaming a character for creating him? He also, and he created him with an interesting purpose in this book series. Right. Of, like, being, like, the seventh wheel or whatever. And then just totally floundered that possibility. Like, it could have been really interesting to, like, see... To, like, think... To have a character be put in that situation of, like, such a dire, like... Circumstance of what's going on. And to be the only one without, like... Like a partner in some sort of way right but instead he's just an asshole maybe he's just saying being alone makes you an asshole but that's a pretty bold pretty bold like, stance yeah that, that is like a really yeah. big like oh like okay there's just like exactly. no more support for that in the text like, yeah there's no more so i'm not giving him that credit it's also i don't remember how much the rest of this book falls back into this but, like, with, the, like, the dwarves steal his things and his sphere just falls back into every single book. Leo goes through the arc of, like, I like machines more than people. And it's, like, maybe people have feelings, too. Like, it's just so You're cyclical. so right. And yeah. it not... Everything's not, cyclical. And it's not even in a way that's, like, some characters deal with the same, like, problem in a, because, like, they, they get trapped in the thing. But it's not, like, organically, like... growing or complicated gets harder he just resets to the beginning of his character arc every book because Rick has no idea what to do and is refusing to take ownership of this character right yeah like he should not be blaming a character for his own like being created yeah that does make me think about like a kind of meta idea of ownership though in that like we like Leo. Yeah. But we don't like this Leo. No. And, like, and that's... This the... Leo has existed for, like, now majority of the book series. But we just... We just don't take ownership of him. Yeah. Like, no. That it, is how he is written. But because we know he's not really like That's him. just, like, an interesting part of fandom, I think, is yeah. that, like, people's characterizations are not necessarily literally how they're yeah. characterized. I can also think of, like, one fandom that has effectively cut out the author of the series. Oh, yeah. yeah. So... <laughs> well, I mean, also, like, there's a... I mean, I think it runs, like, t- absolutely with fandom, but it, it runs parallel to fandom, like, in the arts altogether. Like, there's a quote in the show that I'm working on right now that's, like... Um, the play belongs to the people who labor in it and the audience who spends their time and money to be there in person. Like, I, that's, I feel like the characters and the novel itself, the, like, the story itself belong to, like, the entities that the author has created in the characters and also the people who, like, take those stories in for themselves and, like, purchase the books. Yeah. Like, I feel like... You know, Leo can, in that sense, belong to us, albeit not legally, whatever. But, like, 
I, like, you know what I mean? Like, I feel like we so have the jurisdiction to Oh, yeah. Choose. It's like, I mean, that's what the... I mean, first off, I want to... You keep saying the play that you're working on, and I want to say specifically it's Indecent. By Paula Vogel. By Paula Vogel, because it's such a good play, mm-hmm. and I highly recommend checking it out. Everyone Because it's literally it. literally about what we're talking about. It changed and about, um, But um, I think that is, like, the whole idea of, like audience versus author yes. and like that's and like fandom is like the modernization of audiences yes and the, the development of how um audiences interact over social media yeah um but it's like what is more important the artist's intention or how the audience receives the art and it's always how the audience receives the art yes it doesn't matter what an, an author means because how an audience chooses to interpret things. And so while we look at these chapters and be like, I don't like Leo in these chapters, the fandom overall is actually very split on Leo. <laughs> um, yes. But like like your characterization in like in like fan fiction and in like memes and like that kind of uh, fandom space, he's a lot more like the first Leo that we meet. Right. Because that's what people choose to select the character as. And, like, mm-hmm. how... What makes fan-generated content characterization less important than canonized content? Mm-hmm. I I don't think... I think that's completely up to the individual audience member. Yeah. Like, how much you take in... That's my whole thing with, like, queer headcanons for characters. Like... It's like if you like if you think Leo Leo is a queer character because you relate to Leo and you see queerness in his story in a way that you relate to there's whatever Rick says his sexuality is doesn't matter Leo was a weird choice for that I was, we were just talking about Leo no, Percy's like the big one that like actually like people talk about like mm. like and we said it on this podcast like if per- Percy's bi as far as I'm concerned. But, like, and that is completely up to an individual audience to make. Because, like, there's nothing stopping you from when, like, I'm reading the story. There's nothing stopping me from just thinking that. Right. Unless right. it says on the page overtly, Percy's not by. But, like. Yeah. Right. And, like, you even, you think about the, like, intellectual, even, like, ethics of that. And, like, the, the author, like, the idea of, like, intention versus impact like, impact always mattering more in the, like, in terms of, of literature and, like, producing content for other people, that is, like, a perfect example of an author not having as much ownership as the audience does. Yeah. So, like, I don't know. I No, I completely agree with that. I think, like, projection is so frowned upon, and it's so, like... It's it's teased, like it's infantilized. And for what? Yeah. Like and for what? Like y- like no one else gets to dictate other people's relationships to things that they see themselves in. It's ridiculous. I mean, cuz there's so much stigma around it. Yeah. And because I mean, to, like literally to go back to ownership because it comes from the way that legal ownership and intellectual property ownership. Yes. Mhm. Like on on the paper on the legal paper, not yeah. on the story paper. Yeah. <laughs> um, 
how that interacts with like audience consumption is really interesting because like legally I cannot write a story and sell it but like fan fiction exists right and like so it's not canon is like a whole thing on the internet but it's like whatever is canon for you is whatever you take it as right because you're if I skip a page of a book Whatever's on that page, I will never know. Yeah. Precisely. And so that's the only thing that'll have intellectual validity for you in terms of, like, what you consume. Yeah. And it's like, we don't see what Chiron's doing on his weekends uh, on the book. So there's no reason I can't say, like, he goes to the Lotus Casino every weekend and gets drunk and hooks up with a mermaid. Like, <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> I don't know why that was I don't know why that's where it took me, but like that, like that is like the the reality of of it is like, especially when something doesn't even contradict right. what's happening, and it's like what's canon for you is not necessarily canon for someone else, and that's okay. Yeah, deal with it. Right. Yeah. Uh, sass moments. <laughs> um. Oh, I got mine. <laughs> that was so fast. Stellar. Leo had zoned out so totally he didn't realize Jason was still talking. That's so good. I live like that. Can I see your... Yeah. Um, mine is... Uh, no one from else from the ship came to help. Probably it was taking them a long time to get all those pink rubber bands out of Coach Hedge's hair. <laughs> I Coach Hedge... Think- Rick, take ownership of Coach Hedge. Why the hell did you put him there? <laughs> it's really like, I'm. This is another thing that I'm sure was like an editor being like, they have to have adult supervision. <laughs> like, really? Because <laughs> it's like, why didn't they have to have adult supervision when they were twelve? Like, this is so. Much it is more like the like now that there's seven of them. This feels like more in, so inappropriate. Like, like a weird retroactive like. Trying to f- cover up, like, probably should have given them some adult supervision when they were kids. So now that they're, like, fully trauma-bonded and traumatized close to adults, let's give them a random chaperone. And I don't know if, like, it's also, like, I don't ever trust one adult with a group of kids. T. That's You fair. need two adults to hold the other adults accountable. Because yeah. I won't get further into it, because it's not fun to talk about. But, yeah. like... I don't, like, I would not trust one adult to take care of that. Like, I don't know. I mean, obviously, you know people, and, like, you still don't know anyone. I don't know. That's just, like, me from, like, a... Right. Like, if I was a parent, and, like, my kids were going out on a quest, I'd be like, I don't know what this satyr is going to do. Like, I don't trust... Like, I trust the adult in this situation less than I trust how the kids are going to treat each other, actually. Right. It's like, adults... We give too much credence to, like, adults being responsible because they're an adult. Yeah. We know that Coach Hedge is not responsible. And not in, like, a bat. Not in, like, the ways that I'm talking about. Not no, He's yeah, not, like, no, no. abusive or anything to these kids. He's just incompetent. Right. But, well, that's the thing. Like, on a shallower level, also, like, adults are just grown-up kids who all fake it till they make it. So, like, that's why you need two of them. Yeah. Bounce off ideas, you know? Um... <laughs> Okay, I found my absolute favorite part of all these chapters. Um, Leo scoured the aisles, looking for things he could use. He didn't know the Italian for, hello, where are your dangerous chemicals, please? But that was probably just as well. He didn't want to end up in Italian jail. 
it really got Italian me. Italian jail? That's what got you? Yeah. That makes sense? <laughs> yeah. Mamma mia. Um, offerings. I give it to Percy and Annabeth because uh, they're literally dying. That's fair. Half to each. Yeah. Because these felt a little inconsequential, directly lined up against what they're going through. I do think they would be real pissed if they're like, so this is what you were doing? <laughs> yeah. I've been drinking fire. Yeah. Literally. Literally, the only fire. thing I can find to drink is fire. And you're, like, you're I'm, doing complaining. Like, I'm, yeah. like, this is a world where your faucets turn on and it's fireball. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> that's vile. The worst. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah, I'm gonna give mine to um, Reyna because I miss her. And I also miss any sense. (laughs) (laughs) So. Um, I'm going to give mine to Hazel. Because why are we objectifying Hazel? True. Oh, true. Stop objectifying Hazel. Mm -hmm. My honorable mention is Nico. Because like... Why we? How how often would you say Nico's creepy? This man literally just survived off of pomegranate seeds. It was like he went he oh, went through Tartarus died. alone. He went through Tartarus alone. We do skim past that. Yeah, they're doing this together. Who are you voting off? I'm voting off Rick. Me too. I think he has to get a full sweep this week. Yeah, because like. In theory, does Leo kind of deserve a little bit? Yes. But we have to go back to the source. Sometimes. Yes, exactly. You You really do. And no voting off Jason, because what? Jason got what he deserved. (laughs) (laughs) And if there's one thing we stand, it's Jason getting what he deserves. Which is nothing. (laughs) Please. Tied up. Yas. Alright, thank you all. <laughs> I thought that was so thank you. Thank you all. I, I like because I say that is all and I don't know. I just like forgot what I was about to say. <laughs> um Alright, that is all for this week. Uh, join us next week where we'll be discussing chapters 13 through 16 through the theme of karma. Make sure to follow us on social media.